Modingo with me with a tall can of thank you for bringing it closer so I can read it. <laughs> it's huge letters. <laughs> Barn Phantom Ghost Raspberry. I took a trip to Indiana. Well, I took several trips to Indiana this past couple weeks, and I stopped by a liquor store that I usually hit up looking for the infamous Blantons and decided I'd take a look at the local offerings. This one's from Triton Brewery. And uh, so tell us about it, bro. How is it? Well, it's a sour, which I like sours in the summer, yeah. and it's a raspberry. So raspberries are always sour. Mm. It's pretty legit. I kind of like it. So I'm a happy guy. Is it one of those ones you can drink too many of because it tastes a little? <laughs> I mean, it's only like a four percent. So <laughs> you can drink these all day unless you're Mo. <laughs> the Mo, Mo. I could have like one a week. Yeah, <laughs> Mo drinks one and he's tipsy. So <laughs> I got him on a pitch count up here. He's on. He's on a pills in there right now, so that's about as low as you can go yeah, yeah, I'm without drinking, it being in a. <laughs> I'm drinking some uh, platform, uh, New Cleveland. It is a pilsner. Tastes pretty good. It's like a beefed up Miller Lite. But like Bro said, yeah, uh, I, I got to keep my, I got to keep my pitch count low. <laughs> so we are on Spotify now. I've been seeing a lot of traffic from there. Uh, they keep separate numbers, but we're averaging. Well, we've only been on there for two weeks, and we're about close to 250 downloads. So, oh, that's cool. For those of you listening on Spotify, we really appreciate it. And we actually got a message from someone from Australia, Paul. I'm going to butcher this. <laughs> Cormandel, Cormandel, from Australia, and he gave us a five star review and uh, shot a message back to him. So we really appreciate for him to leave that and he actually he just listened i think one or two episodes before he fired off a message so that was really cool yeah i mean mo he you know he he really has one job but he does multiple (laughs) jobs (laughs) and uh he's been trying to get on spotify for a bit and this guy actually listened to us on spotify yeah he said he just uh typed in crossfit in the search thing and this he said this popped up and he listened to it yeah, it popped up first and saying we we're like the best podcast for CrossFit. I don't know. <laughs> it was a long, it was a long story, but no, he uh, he left a pretty cool review and that um, he just started CrossFitting, mm-hmm. and uh, of course it's cool to get something from all the way across the other side of the world, literally. Right? And um, he just started CrossFitting, and he listens to our stuff to try to get him kind of motivated going to the gym in the morning, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Yeah. So appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the message. And, yeah, and the review. And yeah, we need to hit him up. Maybe we can get some shirts from from his box. That would be pretty cool. Down under? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, and try to get your peeps onto our show. Oh, too. yeah, absolutely. That would be cool. All right. And send us a kangaroo oh. if you can. That'd be sweet. <laughs> have a gym kangaroo. <laughs> like, who needs a dog? Who, yeah, who needs a dog when you have you a have kangaroo? kangaroo yeah. Right. Nobody else in Ohio has, has a kangaroo. No other gym. All right. Has hook a us up. Hook us up. <laughs> So this week's episode, we're going to talk about the reality behind online programming. So dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. things we're going to talk about are, you know, what are online programs? Do they work? Who uh, is this, you know, is this a good option for you? And the products of these online programs. So when we talk about online programs, when bro first brought this to me, I was, I got a little bit confused. I thought we were talking specifically about like, hey, you athlete individual want to get 
these results, sign up for my one-on-one online programming. But we're talking in more of a broader context. So where were you coming from, bro? I mean, your top two is Misfits and Cop Train right now, Mm -hmm. right? It used to be Hyperfit as well. There's some other, there's Street Park out there as well. Um, But the top two is Comp Train and Misfits, Mm -hmm. right? So when everybody thinks about online programming, uh, that's what they think about, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually just talking this uh, about with Sebastian yesterday. And, you know, Misfits really came on the scene hard the last couple of years and whatever. And they do a really good job of marketing. And Misfits athlete, you know, you get the Mm -hmm. purple shirt, you see it. And then they had some people who follow the programming, go to regionals and do really well as mm-hmm. well. Um, and then Comp Train really started just coming on strong. Uh, ben Bergeron's been around for a bit, obviously, but uh, he just started his whole online, I think about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started producing, uh, it's, a, it's free, mm-hmm. right, first off. And he started producing more and more of this programming that uh, people are following. Um, and it's and, actually tailored to different groups of people too, because there's a master's one. There's right. a, and I'm not sure if it's teens or kids. Yeah, they have teens. Okay. Yeah, so it'd be your CrossFit teenagers. Mm-hmm. They have your masters, and then your uh, general, and then they do stuff for regionals and stuff. I think the biggest thing that separates those is um, if you want to let's say you make regionals through Misfits, you pay about I think it's four hundred and fifty dollars for six weeks of programming for mm-hmm. regional programming once you make it. Um, so that's on top of what you've already paid all year. Mm-hmm. And then you pay another $450 to get the template that all the other regional competitors are following. So why would there be a difference between the general programming and the regional programming? Because they've seen what the workouts are. They're going to start to tailor those workouts towards what's in regionals after they find out what the workouts are. And prior mm-hmm. to, um, they're going to probably introduce some previous regional workouts and stuff that typically appears in regionals. Okay. So rolling it back a little bit with the open, uh, one of the characters that you've identified as a requirement is what? Uh, high capacity. High capacity. Right. Okay. Over a very short time. Because with the open, we don't know what's coming until it gets dropped. Right. Uh, that Thursday night. Now mm-hmm. j- we can expect uh, certain, there movements. Be s- certain movements. There's certain things that we're not going to have in there. So we don't need to worry about that. We about think you. of now. Yeah, now you well, might. well, I mean, but we're not, you know, running a mile, rope climbs. There's like a handful of things. Turkish oh, dude, if Castro, if Castro put in assault runners <laughs> <laughs> in the CrossFit, <laughs> mic drop. Yeah, everybody would stop. They would drop their affiliate because yeah. they're not buying you three thousand three thousand dollar runners. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, more than likely, we'll probably see bikes here in the near future. That's because a, everybody freaked out when we had rowers for the first time a few years ago, and right. now rowers have just become an everyday thing and an expectation. Mm-hmm. So then we move to regionals, and what's one of the characteristics you identify that's a requirement to be successful in regionals? Well, now it's you have to be really well-rounded. It used to be you had to be really strong, strong yeah. and they got away from that probably about three years ago, three to four years ago. <clears throat> You know, you'd go to regionals and you'd be like, man, this is going to be heavy. Mm-hmm. It's really not that heavy anymore. It's, um, I think it's, you know, when you tailor to one aspect, you're going to get that mm-hmm. type of athlete that makes it through qualifications. Mm-hmm. If you tailor it towards how the open is, you know, the open just now started really mixing some heavier loads in than they previously have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very diverse workouts now since they have a RX and a scaled option. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're getting better athletes that go through the open, that go into regionals that are more well, well-rounded than a really like a body weight ninja making mm-hmm. it through the open and then going into regionals where it's super heavy mm-hmm. and, uh, then they really can't hang. So, 
And then moving on to if you make it to the CrossFit Games, right? It's basically good luck because they'll throw anything at you. You got to start swimming. You know, it's mm-hmm. you got to swim, and especially even if you're a teenager now. You know, when we went, they didn't have swimming in the for the teens, um, but it was same workload, mm-hmm. three days. Um, but uh, yeah, you have to be ready for anything. When we did our training here, uh, when Alina went, the um, we did 13 weeks, and it was everything I can imagine with every type of combination I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, three times a day, mm-hmm. uh, six days a week um, is what her sessions were leading up to games. Even above, above and beyond that, they have implements that you can't. You might not even have access to. Right. You know, it's so you just you can't train that. You can't um, train to, to, to work train. the banger. You know, no. You but can't, you, but no, you, who has access to a a, a worm? Or a, what was it, Fat Bob or what was? Oh no, the pig, the, the pig, pig, that yeah. big thing they had to flip, like a refrigerator they had to flip over. Well, it doesn't matter, honestly. If you're going to games, you're going to be prepared for it. It's just a matter of if you have a hole in your training, like you don't deadlift a lot, you don't do a lot of accessory work um, on the lower back and things like that from reverse hypers and GHG stuff. Uh, that the pig is going to annihilate you. So you train the the components that you uh, are weak at, and then you go there and. And hopefully those workouts kind of fall into your favor mm-hmm. and that you've done all the preparation that you can for that. And I think we can argue that athletes that make it that far into it have a certain skill set that will probably get tested. Get tested. Yep. And they'll be ready. I mean, once you go to games, it's in all honesty, it's about who can go in the freshest because most people have some sort of small injury going in. You cannot train to the level needed to perform at the games or at regionals with being 100%. Mm-hmm. It's impossible because if, if you don't walk that line of, you know, you're training to the point where you could possibly become injured, you're not training hard enough. Mm-hmm. Because if you train under that and you're 100% going in, you probably have not, not trained strong, enough. Might not be and, strong enough. Or, yeah, or, strong enough or, you know, you, you just haven't put in enough work. Um, so it's, it's that really, I was talking to my buddy Zach about this. It's a fine line of training too much, but not enough. And mm-hmm. it really is. It's, it's, it's like, it's like cutting a hair on that because, you know, the capacity needs to be very high, but also you get their strength way up. And when it's, it's hard to get great conditioning and be really strong. <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, it's a give and take. It's a very delicate balance. It is. Act. Yep. And you gotta get, your programming has to be on point. So looking at these online offerings, you know, yeah. I think a simple question we can ask, do they work? Yeah, I mean... And yeah. that is a very broad question. Very broad. And we, we put it up for on our Instagram, and um, it, it wasn't by a large margin, but most people said, yes, it works. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I put, no, it doesn't, but I have a deeper root <laughs> to why I said what I did. But yes, it, it does work. I think programming works in general if there's structure. Mm-hmm. There has to be structure. So... Um, between Misfits and um, Bergeron stuff, Comp Train, uh, Comp Train's, in my opinion, uh, 10 times better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I worked with Emma uh, with her Olympic lifting and stuff, uh, she was on Misfits, and I've seen their templates. I've seen the work up through the open. I've seen the regional templates, um, and I just don't like it. I don't like, the, mm-hmm. I don't like how they attack the programming. I don't like what they did. You know, it's... I've seen Bergeron stuff and it's very similar to what we do. And I'm not just liking his stuff because it's similar to what we do, mm-hmm. but training philosophy. 
Yeah, it is. It's a good. It's a good philosophy. It works. I know he has someone that programs all of his Olympic lifting strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't do that. He just really does the Metcon aspect of it. When you say you looked at some of the Misfit stuff, what were some of the things that you saw that did, that you didn't necessarily value as much as you did with some of the stuff from Comp Train? There was not a lot of Olympic lifting strength. Mm-hmm. So in Emma's case, that's where she hit a roadblock, right? She would, um, first year she went to regional, she didn't make it out of the first uh, workout because you had to have, you have minimum work you have to do. Mm-hmm. And that was- It was a snatch, I believe. Uh, yep, it was a snatch, 135 pound snatch. And you gotta understand she's only 100 and, say 135 pounds or less, 130 mm-hmm. pounds. But, uh, and she got, I think, eighth this year at regionals. But Olympic lifting was an issue. She had competed at our gym once and followed mine and Alina's progress mm-hmm. um, and kind of just got hooked up. And we started working. I started working with her literally like four or five weeks before regionals a couple years ago. Yeah, I remember it wasn't a very wide window. No, it wasn't. And um, we definitely made some improvement, but it was it was like throwing a dart. It's you can only make so much improvement to with that. You're, you're asking her to make her max lift in front of everybody, and she's only made that lift once ever, and it was ho- horribly sloppy. Mm-hmm. So the chances were weren't good. Uh, that was when it was still here in Columbus. Um, so you know, I don't think I think that was a hole. And then going into the second year. Um, spent more time together. Definitely got that way that her Olympic lifting way, way, way better. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, snatch wasn't in. <laughs> there was no Olympic lifting. It was all dumbbells last year. It yeah. was all dumbbell work, which is okay. Uh, but she was prepared for it. But I would say that's the biggest fault I see in Misfits is there's not a lot of strength tra- strength training for the Olympic stuff. And mm-hmm. even if there is, if you suck at it, you suck at it because you have no one to correct you. Mm-hmm. You're just doing it. So if your snatch sucks and you're snatching, your snatch still sucks. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. snatching or not. You're, you're, you might be seeing some improvement, but if you're, you're just improving on a, 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 you're just improving on something that you still suck at. Right. You still <laughs> suck at it. It's like, I'm going to go uh, practice really bad technique on my Olympic lifts and I'm still going to be really bad when I'm done. It's mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, duh, you have to have a coach for that. And that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of where we hooked up. I really helped her out with that. We worked a lot on her um, mental game, get her to believe in herself and, and what she could achieve and things like that. And, um, you know, I'd say that's the fault. You know, at least Bergeron has designed programming to progress you along strength-wise, but nothing beats hand-on training. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. I don't care. Is this the best option for anyone trying to get to that level of regionals or games competitor? No, definitely not the best option. Your mm-hmm. best option is having a coach inside your facility that um, sees you, knows you, knows everything about you and your tendencies, uh, strengths and weaknesses, because they're going to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, has, well, and you can see it. And you see it, but you can also have hands-on. And then you can, you know, when you hit the additional programming and stuff, you can see you know, where they're slacking or, or sucking at, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jenna, she's not very good at strict handstand push-ups, so it's a it's a goal to have her get better at that, mm-hmm. you know, and because um, and that's just the way it is. And, you know, then you can see strict muscle-ups or you can see endurance or strength or whatever it may be. You see that every day, and then you can tailor everything around them to make them better at what they suck at. Are there any other options available? There, I mean, you're, we just talked about it, yeah. so... If you don't have the option uh, of doing 
your in-house programming because not every we've talked about not every gym programs in-house they mm-hmm. they buy it right mm-hmm. so let's say they do that what you need to do is find a coach you have to find a coach that's just the way it is i don't care what people say you you go to regionals and you go in the back and you all the athletes back there they have coaches mm-hmm. all of them have a coach there's no athletes sitting back there by themselves but it didn't used to be that way mm-hmm. okay it didn't used to be that way it used to be like well i don't need a coach my talent is good enough and they, there was a time when there that was, was a, a true statement yeah very true statement then when the when people start getting coaches and they get better <laughs> and they're not maybe necessarily as good of an athlete as those others but mm-hmm. they their uh, their scores are better because game plan mentality you're mm-hmm. the coach that is pushing them to their limits and believing in them which is huge you know mm-hmm. uh there's another conversation i had just having a coach to reinforce the mental state the athletes or high level athletes are in to kind of get them out of their own head it just happened today with jenna just running mm-hmm. um trying to get get them to just literally get the hell out of their own way mm-hmm. and let their body perform what you they've it's ready for and i think this goes back to that video clip you posted with venus williams in mm-hmm. her, or sorry it was i think it goes back serena. to the video po- that you posted with serena williams and her coach and if you could just kind of briefly sum that up yeah so serena's uh she just started motherhood just had a baby starting a whole family life mm-hmm. and she took some time off of tennis like any elite athlete she's ready to go again and she's ready to start uh being competitive again so uh, a normal conversation and i I thought it was unique because the conversation that hbo i think it was hbo showtime i can't remember uh the the conversation they covered is almost a you don't no one gets to see that stuff Mm -hmm. they don't get to see the behind the scenes real talk like Mm -hmm we see it on that one so she's saying that she was ready and um she felt that she could have won a certain tournament that she played her coach sees the whole picture mm-hmm. and says oh do you really think you could have and she's like yeah i think i could have and he's like well i don't know mm-hmm. and and then she kind of backpedals and she's she, like well yeah. i couldn't get out of my head, head that i had to play my sister yeah i had to play and he said i had to play her you've played her a thousand times yeah what's that matter Mm-hmm. right so there's that instant back and forth of she was in her head she had to play her sister to win the tournament mm-hmm. and she didn't she didn't win she couldn't get out of the fact that she had to play against her sister mm-hmm. she's beat her sister i don't know how many times she's a better athlete she's the younger athlete she's the better athlete mm-hmm. which tends to happens in family but my portion i liked was she felt that she was ready to start playing tournaments again mm-hmm. and the coach says, uh, what you feel and what I see is different. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. That quote right there is how coaching is. You may feel a certain way. You may feel you're good to go, right? Or you may feel like you're not good to go. Mm-hmm. The coach will always trump you. And a good coach will bitch slap you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and have literally. That, have that confrontation. It is. It's about. like, look, smack him over the head. Yes, you're ready. Or no, you're not ready. Mm-hmm. And she, he said, no, you're not ready. And proceeded to tell her everything. Why she's, she wasn't ready. Why she wasn't ready. And she, she just was dumbfounded. She yeah. can't say, what can she say? She knows it. And he even <laughs> said before, he even said that. He says, I know that you know. I just don't know how you don't know. And because <laughs> it's what he sees. And that's what a good coach does. A good coach has a bird eyes view 
of the athlete and of their programming, their training and such. And the athlete is down on the ground, eye level to the floor. And they're in the moment. They're in the moment. They're in the middle of it. They're going through the outside drama. The, the They may not be at a level they're used to. They're, they know that their training's off. They know that their speed's off, especially for her. Mm-hmm. And that's what's cool about having that coach. So if you don't have that, seek a coach out, right? If you don't have the programming and you have to buy programming, right? Because you have no, no other, no other choice. Recourse, yeah. Make sure you find a coach that's local, if possible, because mm-hmm. there's not a ton of great coaches. Find someone that's local so they can get hands on you. Okay, because even if you buy programming, right? If Mobot programming, he said, "Hey, bro, this is my programming. I want to make improvements, right? I'll look at this, and I can sit there and I can look at the programming, and say, okay, you want to use this? Mine better. I'm just saying because <laughs> it is because I can tailor. I know Mo. This this well the, that and right. It's a 20 minute drive for me to come have you tell me that I need to work on shit. Yeah, and true. But you know, if Mo if Mo's dead set on this, mm-hmm. right? This is what I want to do. All right, I just need a coach." Got you. I can tailor it like, all right, you know, this first section, eh, let's let's touch on that, but we need to focus more on this other stuff and maybe we'll decrease or increase certain elements for you mm-hmm. that you need specifically, okay? So yeah, I'm making you happy so you don't jump off a cliff because you think this is what's going to get you to regionals mm-hmm. when it's not. Mm-hmm. And um, two, I'm getting it tailored to you so I can fix what you really suck at because- what misfits and comp train program for everybody across the entire world that uses it, it's broad. It's 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 just general fitness. Mm-hmm. It's not specific to the individual. Now, when you you just made the comment about having someone that can be hands on, but I think some people out there will make the argument. Well, can I just send you videos? Yeah, you can. That's how Emma and I started. She would start sending videos because she's a, about a three hour drive from the gym here in Kentucky. So she started with the videos, made, uh, I used Coach's Eye. I'd get the videos, review them, uh, do all my little circles, get in a slow-mo, make my video commentary. She'd send me a, uh, like a 45-second video, and we'd get back a nine-minute correction, mm-hmm. right? And we did this for a while. Then we would start to meet up. So we made progression that way, just stuff that she could work on in between, whatever, leading up to regionals that first, first year. And then um, when we got hands-on, it's just a game changer. She came up here. She spent two days. She stayed with Jen overnight, so she made the most out of it. And then I would travel down there, and then I contacted Matt uh, Plapp, uh, owner of the tracks, and we just meet there because that hour-and-a-half drive for each of us. Mm-hmm. Hands-on, no questions asked. It's, it's not even comparable. She, she improved 10 times faster hands-on than she did through the videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can. If that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. But mm-hmm. totally recommend. Find someone you trust, someone that you believe in that has a good reputation as a coach. Seek them out. Hit them up. Now, do these programs produce elite athletes? Or are, they, are, they, or are these athletes already elite? And then now that they have some structure, is that what's taking them over the edge? Right, and this is exactly what I'm getting at when I said, no, it doesn't work. These elite athletes that are going, and I'm, I'm saying elite, they're going to regionals, pushing for games. They're on the comp train or misfits programming. Mm-hmm. I can't freaking stand this. Is, I can't stand. Well, what, back in the day, like we were saying, you could train hard and you could have certain gifts and you could make it to regionals. Right. And, and the reason why I can say this, because I remember going to regionals one time in San Antonio when the, the South was there, 
And I, I clearly remember the announcer saying, Larry Moss, he said, oh, this is so-and-so from Dallas, Texas, and she just got her first muscle up. Right. And I was like, what? Huh? How'd you make it to region? <laughs> Right. Well, there's no, there's no gym, there's no muscle ups, there's no ring muscle ups in, uh, in the open back right. then. Yep. Um, so fast forward to, you know, 2018 where I don't think things like that are going to happen anymore. I mean, it just happened. You know, I, I actually kind of called it out. There was a girl, two girls, when it came to handstand walk, uh, portion is muscle up handstand walk. They mm-hmm. said that at the, in the 2018, uh, region currently. Yeah. It was the central division. Mm-hmm. They, um, they were sitting there at the first, first heat. I know it's first heat, but it was the first, uh, platform, uh, oh, they the had, obstacle. like the steps, the okay. obstacle. They, they were kicking up and they couldn't even walk two feet with their, on their hands. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, how the hell did they make it through the open? Mm-hmm. How, how can you make it through the open? Because if you didn't make, the you didn't make those 10, hand, 10 feet. It was five foot increments for uh-huh. twenty or twenty feet, twenty five feet. Okay. So it's fifty feet total down and back. Mm-hmm. If you couldn't make it past that first handstand, your your ranking was like three hundred mm-hmm. plus. There's no way you hit a three hundred and then still make regionals. That's a whole nother topic because I still <laughs> think the open is broken. You know, what I'm gonna get back to is the it infuriates me when an athlete does well at regionals, okay? Um, and then all of a sudden, they are a comp train athlete. They are a misfit athlete. Misfit and comp train had nothing to do with them the entire year that they were training, they, they were using their programming. But now all of a sudden, they are their athlete. Well, why are they their athlete? They think that they got them there, mm-hmm. and that blows my mind. No, who got them there was them, okay? They're already a good athlete, mm-hmm. all right? Maybe the programming, it works, but they could have been on any structured programming and made regionals as long as it was a legitimate programming. You can't have some half-ass stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. The programming does not make elite athletes. It just doesn't happen. You have to have, in my opinion, and, and I'm using my experience with you know, coaching high-level girls volleyball when I was in Texas. You know, um, I was a pretty, high, uh, pretty decent baseball player myself when I was younger, and seeing all that in front of me, and even now with my son playing uh, Division Three football, there are certain things that you just have to be born with mm-hmm. in order to succeed at certain levels of athletics. Absolutely. And I think once, once these athletes that are, are good have structure for the first time in their life, so let's say they come from a gym like we talked about that doesn't program on their own or they do and they just don't know what they're doing and they don't have some really good coaches but they're a great athlete mm-hmm. those are the ones who usually seek out this type of program because they know that they, they need can to be augment better. Yeah, yeah because they know what they're getting is not enough maybe you go to a gym and it's it's body weight friendly like mm-hmm. but they don't ever move loads well you can't do that or like we it, said in a recent episode they don't even snatch right don't yeah. even snatch right so they seek these out now all, all of a sudden they're ex- accelerating through the open and cr- their numbers are going through the roof because they finally have a structured strength. That they finally have a structured strength. They have a finally have a structured Olympic program. They finally have all this structure, and of course, they're going to it's, they're going to blossom. Mm-hmm. But don't be so dumb uh, and sit here and try to take the credit away from everybody else because that's exactly what happened because we had uh, Amanda Barnhart from, she's actually down the road here at Centerville CrossFit. Um, she made regionals the last, this is her third straight year. Mm-hmm. Last year, she finished like uh, 22nd, mm-hmm. right? This year, she finishes third with 
three first place finishes and last three workouts in the central. Mm-hmm. And she was the top rated female athlete in Ohio, correct? Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so she blew past, uh, uh, McCheater book, Brooke Wells. And, um, you're not going to get unblocked. Dude. That's what I'm working on it. And so she wins the last three events, um, make qualifies for games. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch is her coach. I've known Mitch for a long time. Uh, solid coach. He cares about his athletes, does everything he can to make them better. And, uh, she wrote this really nice Instagram thanking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I read you know, that. That was yeah. pretty, it was, that was dope. Right. It was like, yeah. uh, you know, thank you to the fans, the judges, blah, blah, blah. The, thank you to Comp Train for solid programming. Thank you to my best friend and coach Mitch mm-hmm. uh, for uh, dialing my nutrition and spending more hours with me than I can imagine and believing in me when no one else did. She mm-hmm. thought, thanked her family and all this and her husband. And uh, what's Comp Train do? They take and repost what she put with the same picture but cut everything else out except for her, uh, what she said about comp train. And I'm like, you assholes, Mm -hmm. you're going to sit here and shit on Mitch Mm -hmm. and her husband and the support staff, which if you're not a high level athlete, you don't understand what that support staff actually does for you. It allows Mm -hmm. you to vent. It gives you something to disconnect to. You have to have this, you have to have that in your uh, life at that point. Otherwise you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy because it's training and failing and failing and failing and failing and Mm -hmm. failing and you suck at it. And then you're doing that for months. And when you're that um, aggressive about your training, you failed to see your success. Exactly. All you see is mm-hmm. what you didn't do. Yeah. And having those people around you like, dude, you're crushing it. You know, even when you succeed in your mind, you fail. And that's a hard part with a lot of these uh, top level competitors is no matter how good they do, they think they could do better. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a point in time where you have to say, shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. You did great. Can we improve on something small? Yes. But be happy with the results. But for them to sit there and take away the credit of all the hours and all the conversations like Serena and her coach was having and mm-hmm. all the things that, uh, that Mitch had done for her. And you know, in my opinion, watching from last year to this year when I was there in Nashville, mm-hmm. it was her diet. I mean, she was, she's dropped. That was the game changer? She, in my opinion, yeah. I think. Yeah, of course, your training is going to get better. But I honestly believe her overall fitness improved because her diet was mm-hmm. heavily uh, improved. You can definitely tell the physically phys- looking. Phys- at you can her, physically yeah. look at her, and you, I can see the difference from last year to this year. And she's not even my athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, not including the what you build on confidence wise, being your third year, third year in the regionals. You you know she finished around the same in the open, I believe last year she did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know she definitely accelerated her her herself at regionals mm-hmm. and crushed it, and actually overcame a. Uh, pretty bad uh, wad three, event three, where she knew she was going to finish bad, but it she finished like 20-something, I think. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to win the last three, whereas if she didn't bomb that one, but she knew she was, mm-hmm. was she would have won the Central Regional. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I messaged Mitch, and I was like, you know, I thought it was really cool that she didn't lose her composure, and that shows you how well she was coached to... Mm-hmm. She goes there, does well on event one and two, sitting pretty good. Event three, you know you're going to do bad, but that bad, you don't know. Mm-hmm. To be able to come back and rebound mentally and win the next three is pretty huge. And if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you know you got to work with some higher higher end athletes because they are their biggest critics. They mm-hmm. are their biggest like 
the roadblock mm-hmm. is when they fail, and if even if it's small, they will stand in front of themselves until they die, mm-hmm. and it keeps them from progressing. And it would have kept her from going to games if Mitch didn't have her coached up. Yeah. So yeah, good job for CrossFit Centerville. Um, and you know, we, we talk a lot about coaching here, so you know, hats off to Mitch, man. You know, great yeah. job of. They of also sent a team. Yeah, yeah. Then that's pretty amazing in itself too. So just the fact that you know he, he can be proud of the fact that he helped get those humans to perform at the right time, you know, in the right place, you know, shout yeah, out brother. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, I'm not taking my hats off the comp train for stepping all <laughs> over that. That's ridiculous. First, the Brookwell's crap. I don't care if Bergeron runs his Instagram or not. You don't do that. You don't take the credit away from the people who got her there. Mm-hmm. Yes. She's an athlete and yes, she performed and she has to perform to get there. But if she didn't have a coach, I promise you, she would not perform as well as she did. Absolutely I just, not. I know that for a fact from experience and just the way it is. So don't think that just because you, uh, misfits and whoever's out there with comp train, they don't make you, they may help you. Mm-hmm. They don't make who you are. I promise you that. Okay. Your coach does. People who believe in you do. And yes, structure programming does help, but these people who they claim to be their athletes now all of a sudden because they did well, uh, it's bullshit. Because the what about the thousands that didn't make regionals? Mm-hmm. What about the thousands that finished like 6,000th mm-hmm. in the open, right, in, the, in their region? What about all of those? Are they not claiming them? They're not their athletes now mm-hmm. because they, they use the same service, mm-hmm. right? There's more people who fail to even qualify in the top 1,000 that use that programming than go to regionals. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying that, oh, it's the programming? Come on, bro. Right there, you just disproved everything. If it was the programming, everybody would be comp trained or misfits. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It's not true. It's the athlete, their dedication, and their coach. Structure helps, but don't sit here and try to take credit for every person that does well and no credit for everybody who doesn't perform at a high level because, oh, it must be them and what they're doing. It's not the program because guess what? They're following the same stuff that mm-hmm. they all followed leading up to the Open. Mm-hmm. They're following the same stuff that all through the Open. They're following the same stuff that they're doing the work up to regionals, but they did not make it. Mm-hmm. Now they're not a cop train athlete and now they're not a misfit athlete. Think about that next time you wear your purple shirt. <laughs> so like you said, uh, with a templated uh, training, that can be enough to help someone overcome that hurdle and, and make it into regionals. It, it's not necessarily just the fact that you're, they're an athlete of X, X brand. Because, like I said, in, in my opinion, genetics have a huge role to play with it. You know, your ability to train has a huge role in it. Because if, if I bought all that and I did it, you know, I just know, and I'm being honest with myself, yeah. I'm not going to make it. No, you I, may. I, I don't have the physical gifts. And I've seen these athletes perform on the floor. You and I have seen them, you know, at eye level at regionals. I don't have that. And that's fine. But, you know, I could be a better version of me, mm-hmm. but I don't need to spend all that extra money to do it. No. And if you do, you know, it's cool. I, mm-hmm. I think if you have no options, just sort of like how we talked about the L1, mm-hmm. there's times for both. But don't be that, don't be those people inside the, a gym and inside a community that has decent programming or good programming mm-hmm. and think that you're going to do misfits or, or comp train because it's better, right? Because you see all these people that go to regionals that are their athlete 
don't believe in the hype. Mm-hmm. Believe in what you got there. And if it's good, it's good mm-hmm. re- regardless. And I'm going to say it's better for you because if they're doing a good job programming, they're going to be programming stuff that everybody sucks at in their gym because mm-hmm. they see it every day like we do here. It's mm-hmm. like my programming will work across the board for anybody across the United States if I sent my general programming. But it may not work the best for that gym mm-hmm. because it's not made for that gym. Exactly. And that's... That's just the reality of because I don't know their athletes. Maybe they're already strong and they suck at conditioning, or maybe they are really good at conditioning. They suck at strength. Mm-hmm. They're going to get they're yeah. going to get buried in my programming. Like they're not going to they can't do what I'm doing in here. Like it's just fit. Yeah. I'm going to put out my I'm going to put out my strength elements for the day for the the workout, and no one can do them mm-hmm. at that gym. Yeah, like you said before, it doesn't matter if I, you make all this programming if no one can do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes no sense. So yeah. My programming is structured enough. I could literally disperse it across the entire world. It, people would see great success with it. No doubt in my mind because it is structured. It is good. It's legitimate, but it may not be the best for them mm-hmm. and what they need because maybe, you know, they need to back it off and work on some certain things before they, you know, we're right now we're in a, a eight week block of snatching and cleaning off the blocks as an entire gym. We're going to do that for 16 weeks. We're running back-to-back cycles of it, and we'll do three cycles to get everybody caught up to speed. Not a, They'll be like, what the hell's a block? Mm-hmm. So they may not even know how to do it. So mm-hmm. there's certain things that you know I can incorporate into my gym that our people know how to do, okay? And, and you I have can the run. eyes on, you have the resources. Yeah, and they, they may not, mm-hmm. so whatever. So for this week's call to action, why don't you send a picture to our Instagram account with that person that helps you get over the edge, you know, that person that's helped you succeed, whether it be a coach or a family member, significant other, you know, let's see who those people are. And don't forget to tag your box with that. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, coaches never get recognition. I don't ever want it. Honestly, don't, I don't, I don't care about it. I don't care about what I get, but at the same time, when I do get it, I Mm -hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I do as well. Yeah. So that brings this week's episode to a close. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you're on Spotify, go ahead, hit, go ahead and subscribe there too. You know, you can always use the juice. Let's subscribe everywhere, Mo. <laughs> Let's just subscribe everywhere, guys. Subscribe everywhere and review Stitcher, us. iHeartRadio, send us those reviews. I'm Mo, and I'm out. It's been a long time since I got a vent. It's nice. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the One More Rip podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at One More Rip Podcast, or on Twitter at Can I Get One More. Or shoot us an email at can I get one more at gmail.com. Can try these? Mm, thank you. It's like when when you cut carbs out of your life, it's amazing just how simple a plain chip tastes. You know? Cut carbs out? I mean, I don't eat bread like five times a day like I used to. Like I, you know, I, I restrict them, but before, like, I couldn't eat chips with something drenched on them, you know, either like ranch or salsa or... It looked like a meatloaf. It looked awesome. That's a, well, it looked awesome, but that steak... So we just watched a video of a, I'd say a petite-looking, youngish... She definitely wasn't fat. No, female uh, in England, I think. And she, yeah, and I, she, I guess you grew up eating steak every day because she ate a ninety or sorry seventy seventy four ounce steak in eighteen minutes. 
And the steak, it was a good looking cut oh, too. Dude. Like I'm getting hungry thinking about it. Here I am looking at beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look the same. Seven, like seven ounces of beef jerky. 